1: So the Bible tells us we don't have to worry about the justice issue here. If the earthly courts don't take care of the matter, God will. I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Don't worry about that. That's taken care of. You do your job.
0: Which, of course, as we'll see today, is mercy. Hi there. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse, online at Highlands.us. Today our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely, will continue with our series on the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we begin, we'll do so in Romans chapter 12. It's a great cross-reference passage as we explore this gift of mercy. You see, in order to be set free to express mercy, we have to relinquish judgment back to the Lord. With more, here's Pastor Leighton.
1: I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. And uh, we've been studying as a congregation through the book of 1 Corinthians, so that brings up the logical question, well, if we're studying 1 Corinthians, why are we turning to Romans chapter 12? Good question. Glad you asked. Um, the reason is is because the portion of 1 Corinthians we've been studying is on spiritual gifts. and Spiritual gifts are so important for us to understand that we have taken some time to study it in depth. And the spiritual gifts are mentioned in places outside of 1 Corinthians. Now, in 1 Corinthians, the subject of spiritual gifts is covered between chapters 12 and 14. Right in the middle, in chapter 13, the Apostle Paul gives for us the greatest definition for godly love that's ever been penned. In First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and the reason for that is to make it clear to us how important love is in giving value to the exercise of spiritual gifts. And in fact, without love, spiritual gifts are meaningless. They mean nothing, they are nothing, they gain nothing. Love is absolutely essential to giving. Spiritual gifts, meaning and value. Spiritual gifts are given to equip the church to carry out its ministry until Christ returns. They are how we function together as the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says all of you together are Christ's body, that is the church. Together we are the church, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church, first year apostles, second prophets, and so forth. And he gives a list of spiritual gifts. So um, spiritual gifts are how we as individual members of, or parts of the, of the body of Christ, which is the church, function. And love is the catalyst that gives these spiritual gifts value and meaning. Now, the ministry of Jesus Christ is to seek and to save those who are lost, and that continues to be the ministry of the church by pointing people to Jesus through whom they can be reconciled to God. And we accomplish this by doing exactly what Jesus did, preaching, teaching, healing the sick, counseling, praying, and so forth, and we do it in the same power and by the same guidance that Jesus did it, through the guidance and the power of God's Holy Spirit. The Gospels declare that the Holy Spirit was guiding and empowering Jesus throughout His earthly ministry. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, and empowered by the Holy Spirit for ministry. At his sermon uh, preached in Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Preaching is a spiritual gift. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Another spiritual gift to release the oppressed. Another spiritual gift to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That would be the gift of evangelism. Another spiritual gift. And so because the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, was on Jesus, all of the spiritual gifts were manifested in Jesus' life and ministry. And that same Spirit lives in us to guide us and empower us for ministry as well. Romans eight eleven says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So as believers, we're all interrelated in a spiritual unity, and Christ has designed us to work together, we're each unique, but to work together harmoniously as His body here on earth. We are His hands, we are His feet, we are His voice. And He's endowed each one of us with a countless different combinations of specific gifts, each as unique as a snowflake in order to accomplish the purpose for which He created us. And it's His desire that we utilize our spiritual gifts together for His service and His glory. That's four main lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is the longest list. That's where we started. 1 Peter chapter 4 is the shortest list because the Apostle Peter basically categorizes spiritual gifts into two categories, those of action and those of speech. Ephesians chapter 4 mentions the spiritual gifts of leadership, describes their purpose. He says, He gave some apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up, Of the body of Christ. And so the New Testament teaches that all believers are called to do ministry, not just the people with the titles or the the colors or whatever it might be, but every believer is called to do ministry. And those who've been given the gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, or teacher, preacher are provided by God to equip his saints for their work of ministry. In Romans 12, I love the way uh, that uh, the New Living Translation translates this passage. And I think it's particularly timely to be reminded of these biblical instructions to us for our behavior in the aftermath of the elections. So let's listen to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 and following. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Don't be arrogant. Don't be puffed up. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Stop there. Some of us think, ah, I am my own person. No, no. According to the scriptures, you have been bought with a price. You belong to the Lord. And because you belong to the Lord, you belong to us as well, the body of Christ. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, we haven't gotten to that. uh, Should the Lord tarry? Perhaps we'll get to it next week. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher... Teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Question, does it say hate who is wrong? It doesn't, does it? It says hate What is wrong? Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. What is our hope? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't be proud, don't be arrogant, don't hang out with just Christians. And don't think you know it all. Now if you think about that, each of us has our opinions on various things, and uh, each of us is convinced that we have the right opinion. We've thought things through, and we've decided that we're right. Because it really doesn't make any sense for us to hold an opinion we know is wrong, right? Right? Right. So we've thought things through. We've done our research. We've decided we're right. However, don't think you know it all. Because when you think you know it all, then you're unteachable and you might have a wrong position. If you're unteachable, you never get to get beyond that. So don't think that you know it all. Always remain teachable. Listen to what others say. Evaluate your position, especially when it's the word of God. Listen to this. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord says don't take revenge. You know, sometimes when somebody does us an injustice, we have an incl- inclination. We want to we do justice to them. But if we know that justice is going to be taken care of, whether through the earthly court system or through the heavenly court system, if we know that it's going to be taken care of, that frees us to be able to have mercy and forgiveness towards those who have done us injury. So the Bible tells us we don't have to worry about the justice issue here. If the earthly courts don't take care of the matter, God will. I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Don't worry about that. That's taken care of. You do your job. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, Give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. When we last met... We finished up. We were just coming to the gift of mercy. Now, the gift of mercy is found in verse 8. He who shows mercy, show it with cheerfulness. Now, it's easy to have mercy towards a victim. And it's a lot more difficult to have mercy towards the perpetrator of an evil act. It's easy to give uh, mercy to uh, the victim, a rape victim, or... Uh, An abuse victim, it's a lot harder to give mercy towards the rapist or the molester or the one who did the abuse. Now, how can one have this mercy towards others who cause injury? Well, people who have this gift have an acute awareness of their own inclination towards sin. Sin. They know that, but for the grace of God, there go I. If it wasn't for God, it'd be me. And and so all of us as believers need to have a degree of this gift. The gift of mercy.
0: It is that frame which showcases the love of God in Christ. And as we express that gift, we do the same. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Our time in Romans chapter 12, highlighting 1 Corinthians 12 and the spiritual gifts, specifically mercy. To learn more about us and Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Tomorrow, more on the gift of mercy. Join us then for Study Verse by Verse.